came in, sat down, said I blew it. I'll hang out with you. Did you meet my transvestite stepsister? No. Tita has a costume shop. Her dad's a minister. He sells makeup. She's still dancing on the block, and you can go and drink hustle too. And sometimes I think that the strength of America's found. Sally's one and Sally's two. Ooh, high on crystal methadrine, screaming in the paddy wagon. Hey, I'm not a fan. I'm a fan. Hey, so this is Cassandra Dallet, your badass bookworm. I have today with me Jennifer Blowdryer. <laughs> Just came out from New York City. To grace us with some music and writing and catching up. Yeah, we're gonna try. Yeah, I have. Um, I'm kind of a counterculture writer, I guess, because um, this one book, uh, my friend Jane made a thousand copies of one book. It's mm-hmm. worth five hundred dollars. Oh yeah, on freaking Amazon. Can Hell you yeah, it? it's dope. White trash debutante. So I love it. Might see about reissuing that. Shit, I think I have one, you and I'm not sharing one. it. No, now when people are like, "Well, what have you done?" You know, I'm like, "Well, you can't have it. You can't. You have can't it have it." Um, I definitely have white trash debutante. I think I might have a blousy. Okay, yeah, I just got more blousies. I definitely have the manic D. Um, Good advice for young, trendy people of all ages. Love it. Love it. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. And I have, um, I'm the nicest person you'll ever meet in your life. It's yep. four essays. And I did that for like the font size. It's very readable. Mm-hmm. And it's it's bigger than pocket Thank size. Thank God for readable font. That's it. I just, <laughs> don't get me started on the fonts. I've been shit. getting... Uh, Magnifying glasses to uh, oh, yeah. hand out for free with my book. <laughs> oh, how are you? <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Oh, fun. Yeah. Especially like when, when people are, you know, enjoying their middle years themselves, you think they'd be sensitive. I know at punk rock reunions, everyone's like, do you have some, re- can I borrow your readers? Yeah. Do you have any readers? Oh, well, if my mic was on, that would probably explain why so low. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm such a great technical person. Mm. All right. Well, so, now I'm here. She's back. Yeah. So I have, um, I just finished, I call it my legacy album. She's got the weirdness. Nice. And I did it in New York. I did it with this guy, um, really good producer, Kevin Tooley. He used to work with, uh, Lou Reed, Wontine Clan. He toured with Nico when he was a boy. He was like a tall kid. What? And he does these 80s tours with um, that Katrina and the Waves person. Yeah. So it was really nice. I went, we did like our basic recording at a place called 30 Below, but we did overdubs mm-hmm. on a place on 24th Street. And I got Robert Aaron on sax. He sort of dominates the album really but 
I'm fine with that. He used to play with White Clef Jean. That's incredible. And David Bowie. Fucking love sax. And then he got convicted of killing um, a famous actor and because uh, he copped for him. But I was reading something in the newspaper about it. They were like, jazz musician, bohemian, lives in the village. And I thought, I'm going to know that dude when, and now we're friends. Oh, nice. <laughs> I want the murdering saxophone player from my band. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> a no-brainer. You know, Definitely. You can't party with the rockers, man. Yeah. Just can't. That's, that's, that's very cool. Uh-huh. So you got a good band going now. This the recording band is really good. There's also okay. this um, flamenco player, uh, Gypsy Rafael Cintron, and he's on it and he contributes so much. But that's not a guy that's going to go to gigs. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they fly you to Ireland to play this. Flamenco is more that idea that music is seducing instead of that idea that music is showing you what somebody can do. You know, mm-hmm. so. No, that dude's not going to come and play with me at Irish Shrunken Head on Sunday night. Not going to happen. That's okay. I just dropped the mic, but it wasn't on purpose. So <laughs> I'm said, not, mic drop. Yeah, I'm not trying to appropriate anybody or anything. I just, I'm clumsy. Jennifer Blowdryer is not here for safe spaces either. Not it's really. really fucking unsafe here. We have hot coffee right next to the recorder. I know. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, well, it sounds. I like this this new CD. Yeah, thank you. I haven't played Pinot Grigio because I don't have a fucking CD player. Yeah. Sorry, but a uh, friend did say he um give me one. Oh, I see, said I think box. you're a porter. Like you're just giving everybody boom boxes and stuff out of your garage. What's going on in your garage? He goes, damn, I am a hoarder. <laughs> Some people, they have that, you know, that eye where they're always finding things in the street. And it tends to be like, I know a guy who's a super in New York, like old school, can fix everything. Mm -hmm. And he gave like Raphael a boombox. He gave me and Johnny a boombox because he just, they have their eye out. You know, I know when things work. So that's what my uh, my ex calls. uh, That's a perfectly good one of that. Because his grandfather was a hoarder and he would say, well, that's a perfectly good shelf over there. I'm going to take that home. But it was often like total fucking junk. So uh, anyways, we just call that a perfectly good one of that. Yeah. Actually, I this guy from here is sending me a boombox. I, you know, sometimes I store things at people's houses, quote unquote, and <laughs> sometimes they're not like that into it. Sometimes they don't still be there when you come back. He's going to mail them. Uh, he's got money. He's going to mail um, my all-in-one turntable, album sheet music, and um, this boombox from my sister worked for Sharper Image. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, those things lasted. Yeah, you got a place to put all that? That sounds great. I'm not sure. It's a space thing always. That's why it's, I don't go turntable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm bad that way. I don't really need another fucking thing to hoard in here along with my books either. No, your place is, I mean, yeah, her place is beautiful. I, I like mean, it neat. She's got the eye. And here's a doggy. <laughs> the Fonz. Yeah. Making his uh, usual entrance. Hi. So you got a book coming out on Pedestrian Press? Yeah, my next book um, is, uh, it's an 86 book. It's interviews with people who've either gotten kicked out of places 
or done the kicking out or been evicted. And um, I yeah, gotta, so Jake's I got to get interviewed because I've been kicked out of a lot of places. I really, yeah, I've I know been, about Nick's bar, but where yeah. else? Oh no, I mean, back in the day, I was a, <laughs> I, my whole teenage years were spent sneaking in, so I got thrown out of bars, clubs, punk shows, hip hop night at the firehouse, thrown down two sets of stairs in the tenderloin for stealing all the. <laughs> donations it. and drinking directly from the keg. <laughs> I hate it when they do that down the stairs. I went down three flights of stairs and I had so little sense of shock at that that then I got out on the sidewalk and I yelled up at the window, can you at least throw down my contact solution container? <laughs> <laughs> I love your 86 stories. Thank you. Was, it, was there an 86 story with share in it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have it right in front of me. Now. Oh my this, God, I love it. This fellow's a comedian and he's active and uh, he has a temper, so I might not use his name. That's one thing, as we all know, when you write, it's whether you change the names or not. And um, I remember my mother telling me I got in a lot of trouble for something. When you're writing, you're just by yourself writing. I'm I'm not thinking about revenge or repercussions. Right, right. But some ST happened, and my mother said, I told you you should change names. And oh, Jennifer. yeah. Yeah, my mother told me the same thing. I didn't do it. I haven't done it either. Yeah. I have no imagination. Okay, so here's, here's a be. section, though, with um, without using his name. Um, this is this person, though, R.S., talking. He's just, you know, I, I got him. He was disarmed, and you want great talkers to be disarmed. So here he goes. I was at Studio 54 when it first opened. My brother and I got in because we were the twins and we were real small, cute, all that shit. I worked on Wall Street. So did some friends of mine. Their company was producing a Broadway show that this star was in. They said, that girl there really wants you. And I'm like, oh, yeah. They go, no. I'm like, she looks familiar. And they go, it's Cher. It didn't look like Cher. Cher's tall and gorgeous and curvy and all that. This girl was really petite. She looked like a little Jewish girl. I go over there and we're talking. We're making out and dancing. And she says, do you know who I am? And I said, I don't really care. We're making out. And she said, good. And finally she says, do you know who I am? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, my friends told me. You're Cher. You kind of look like her, but you're not really her. Don't worry about it. I know the scoop. She starts <laughs> laughing and says, I am Cher. She was in the show on Broadway, Go Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. All right. So we're drinking, partying, and in my mind, I'm like, she's not really Cher. This is a joke. They're all little spoiled brats, preppy, whatever. Some drinking like crazy. We're snorting up and drinking. And all I know is I woke up in the morning on this huge bed in a huge beautiful mahogany room and it was a white fur bedspread mink i looked over at this girl and i'm like maybe it is Cher." <laughs> i sit up to look and all of a sudden i puke all over the mink thing all over the floor i'm just puking and she wakes up and screams oh my god steve steve now i'm like what 
this huge black guy comes in. I'm like, what? And he goes, get out. And I'm like, what? And he says, get out. I'm like, I got to get dressed. He pulls me out of the bed. He lifts me. I'm always getting grabbed. He lifts me up. I'm naked. He throws me down a flight of stairs and another flight of stairs. And my clothes come flying down. And another guy at the foot says, out now. And I said, I got to get dressed. And another guy had the door open and he pushed me out on the sidewalk and I was pushed too, naked. And my clothes came flying out after me and I'm sitting there. And to this day, I don't know if I fucked her or not, but all my friends were like, wow, you went home a share. And I'm like, yeah. And I puked all over her. Did you fuck her? I don't know, but I puked all over her. <laughs> Woo! I love it. I fucking love that. That guy's a good talker. So, eighty six project is a lot like the um, the advice the advice book in that you're interviewing all these different people, and it's hilarious and not at all what you think each thing will be, right? Definitely. <laughs> and I have some videos that are like, I was going to make a documentary years ago, but. Film people are like, they're mean. They just had such a good time telling me how bad my footage was. <laughs> and I'm like, well, my content's good. And then I could have done it for 25000 and I could have gotten, you know how good, like, what's left of the news looks, the network news? Uh-huh. I could have gotten, like, a news crew for 2300 a day. Mm. I mean, I definitely could have done a small budget documentary, but instead I'm going to have, a, um, I don't know, Maybe on a Kindle, have some. Is that me? That's you. It's not me. Uh, oh, it is me. I That's thought I turned you. my ringer off. Also, it's a. Um, we have the same generic ring. No, you know it's even weirder. Oh, okay. It's a robocall, and my ringer's off, but it's ringing through my laptop. Oh shit! So if I c- turn off my ringer, I have to shut my laptop, or else it has the generic ring from there, you which can't. I fucking hate the generic ring. I, I would never ring. have the generic ring on my phone. Just I'm way fucking cooler than that. Like some yeah. chimes or something. If I, I ever have my ringer on, which is hardly ever. I had a cool ring once, but I don't remember what it was. I've gotten a little bit into the ringtones. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. That was a very passing fad. A different one for every person that called. Yeah, some people have them. Some people have cool ones. I, ha- I liked Nas One Mic. It had a good beat, mm-hmm. yeah. I felt like, yeah, pretty badass with that. Cool. Yeah. So, are you going to come back out with that book? Are you going to come back to I Cali? Guess I'll do, what do you? I mean, uh, my friend Acorn and I are doing like the uh, website, and then um, Jay and I from Pedestrian Press will do the print book, and. Um, but yeah, he seems to finish them fairly quickly, and it'll be a nice excuse to visit mm-hmm. again. I mean, while I was here, we had like a Video West reunion. We hung out with my friend Philip R. Ford, who directed Vegas in Space. I stayed at my friend Pol Pot's like Hobbit house <laughs> and uh, San Pablo, and also my friend Alvin Orloff, who has a book called Disaster Rama coming out next month. And you should oh. so have him on. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, I love so Alvin good. Orloff. I love all his books. Love yeah. listening to him read. Uh, what press is that coming out on? Is he? It is Three Rooms Press. Oh, okay. And they're doing all right by him. He's getting yeah. a. Good. You know, they're giving them lodging in New York. He and I are going to read at this place, Poisson Rouge, which is usually a jazz club. 
And they're actually publicizing it, and they're actually sending, like, 50 books out for review, which you and I have had experiences with publishing. Not happening. Sometimes it's like the publisher wants to shoot you in the foot, or you don't, you know, there's just no money, no money, no money. So, yeah, Three Rooms Press working on a disasterama with Alvin Orleff. That, that's a good thing. That sounds fantastic. Uh-huh. I love Alvin. I would love to get Alvin to come on the podcast. I'll definitely try oh, to do that. to do it. Yeah? Oh, yeah. He likes to go to different places. Oh, yeah. Well, I could definitely dig that. Yeah. That'd be cool. And when your pedestrian new book comes, maybe we can... Um, I'm happy to set up some readings with us, too, because I'll have my Bad Sandy re-released on Pedestrian, and I have my Water Wars on Pedestrian. Oh, good. And I love my Water Wars. It's just oh, a little nice. chappy. I but haven't even had that. I've no. Had that. Yeah, you got to ask Jay. I don't have any copies either. And, you know, I uh-huh. always offer to pay for them, but, you know, he's going through things, so... I'll get, I'll get some copies one of no, these days. Yeah, life ain't easy, but it will it be. It ain't. That'll be a fun, because I haven't really seen my um, spoken word friends out here, uh, except for William Taylor Jr., and we just made out. <laughs> oh, yeah? It wasn't really like we had a big salon or anything. Oh, really? Oh. You know, Did he still have a black eye from New Orleans, or was he black patched eyes, up? His black eye's patched up. His arm, he can't lift his arm all the way, but part of the way. Shit. And, you know, I hate it when people act, you know, I don't know, like rockers in recovery or this or that, like we're living on days of our lives or Peyton Place. Or I'm like, <laughs> we're not pilgrims, you know, we're fucking poets <laughs> and musicians. And, you know, it's just, this is how we do it. But <laughs> I'm definitely going to have Billy on. Uh, he was down in New Orleans doing uh-huh. some big Bukowski yeah. Shit, I don't know. It was funny. A- anyways, huh? he seems to be having a lot of fun bar hopping, and then the last night he got mugged, and he looked like they fucked him up pretty good. Yeah, he was, um, the posts were like, I'm in heaven, third absence bar, you know, in two days. Right. This is the best place on, you know, in mankind's all, you know, this every city in the world. I guess what he did is he knew he was going to fly, so they took his, well, he should really talk about it, but, you know, they took his wallet, and he hung on to the door of the car and got dragged. Oh, shit. Because in his mind, he's like, I'm flying. I need my ID. Right. right. So that's how he wrenched his arm out. Oh, okay. I don't know when the black eye happened, but, you know. Yeah, in the process. Mm-hmm. Well, good to know. I'm on my way to New Orleans, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about music shows? Are you doing shows in New York fairly often? Yeah, I have one coming up at this. It's like an Irish bar, Kilmagee's, in, um, on the west side of Manhattan. I got, to me, recordings a lot more important yeah you know and um i like gigging we did a fun punk show in tompkins square park with the karen black band nice and when i um my friend baby monroe sings backup and that robert aaron that sax player comes out and sometimes this other guy matt gallahan who's played with the rolling stones robert did an album with the rolling stones but he said like not a fan (laughs) <laughs> you know, but among this middle-aged set, it's like the Rolling Stones are, you know, the elephant god of India or whatever. Yeah. Oh, the Rolling Stones. Oh, I met Mick. Oh. Right. But, yeah, I'll be playing around. And then I'm I'm going to Europe um, late this month. I'm going to Florence 
and uh, Paris. Oh, are you going to visit our friend Lee Faust in Florence? Yeah. Excellent. I want everybody to. I might. I'm going to definitely. Yeah. I might rent a room next summer for a month so people could come and visit. Oh yeah. And it's it's an apartment where the prior tenant was an 103 year old lady that lived there all her life, and the tiling is beautiful. You know, I don't know what would you call it, like war era, but Art Deco. And her furnishings were beautiful. Listen, I've never even been to Europe, honey, so I have no idea, but I'm ready. But this lady's tiling is like the kicker for Europe. And then okay. in Paris, we can all do, we can all gig at the Chanois. Okay. I'll do a reading there. You could do, I could hook you up. Oh, I'm okay. in. Count me it's, in. I'm like, I'm not a trekker. You know, people are like, you know, do you want to, would you go camping? No. I'm like, I'm like, no, but I would go to like Florence and Paris. And yeah. They have some nice chairs. There. <laughs> yes. Chairs. I'm all about that <laughs> life. Fuck the camping. Yeah. Not here for that. Um, but I, yeah, I bet I missed Lee. Did he, he already gone back to Florence? He went back oh, uh, yesterday. Jeez, I blew it. He's pro. Yeah. I would have had him on. I mm-hmm. just don't I know. Him. I think I mutual suggested, but. Well, we, he, I talked to him. We talked about it okay. and then neither one of us followed up. That's mm-hmm. life, but I'll get him. Maybe I'll have to go to Florence and get him. Wouldn't that be yeah. nice? Hey. Like that baby. A doggy. I didn't like that motorcycle, I guess. No. Yeah, this is, I'm looking at a dog that would never survive in the wild. <laughs> well, he did. He, he was rescued from the wild streets of Oakland. You survive in Oakland. That's just because you're cute. Not out in the woods. No, no camping for the fawns. I don't think that. No, he knows better than to go out when all the raccoons are out. Yeah. Yeah. And the coyotes. Yeah, he knows. Uh-huh. He knows. Thank you. <laughs> say something. Say something. Oh, don't. Pretend you want a snack. <laughs> he always wants a snack. Doesn't everybody? More or less. Snacks and naps, Pretty man. Much. Snacks and naps. Pretty much. Xanax. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on? So, yes, let's do some 86 uh, readings. That okay. comes out. He's has. Is he working on it now? What, where have, are you guys at with it? Um, Seventeen transcripts, and um, I have more stuff on film. I think a lot of it now. Um, I guess he'll just be putting it in order. You know, I don't. I'm far from a perfectionist. Right. They're fun to read from, and I think yeah. people like it. And also. You know, he added a thing, um, like an 86 questionnaire, were you conscious? Or <laughs> so people can fill in their own part, like a quiz book or a new age book. Okay. So, Who did your first, your first 86 was just a little chappy, did, right? <coughs> this is a, this is the second one. I did. Right? I've never done a book. I oh, did, okay. Jay and I did a sample chat book. Got it. Years ago, I have um. I think I have the sample chat book, yeah. Sample chat book. Yeah. And I did a photo session with this guy, uh, Randall Allen Smith, I think is a radical fairy, where I'm, I'm lying down, there's Tic Tacs that look like a pill bottle spilled <laughs> and a can of Modelo, <laughs> which, what's a new cheap beer? I don't even see Modelo anymore. Oh, we have Modelo around oh, okay. here. It's East Coast it, uh, Modelo is very popular in my neighborhood, for sure. I've bought it from Cartagena's quite a bit. Uh, oh, okay. Even though I don't drink beer, I offer it to guests. I just don't see any of these coasts. Huh. 
I don't know. Maybe there's maybe that's that Mexico uh, tariff. <laughs> Might know. be that some kind of tariff. fucking weird shit. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't drink beer. I remember we used to have generic beer in the eighties. Remember that? I do. Just said beer, and Baltimore yeah. has National Bohemian Beer, Natty Bow. Natty Bow. Um, oh, that's a good name. Or uh, what do you call it? Like not Rockwood. There was one in New York that was like the cheapest, and then there's one that translates into being called uh, Tree Frog. But I'm not a beer drinker. Me neither. So. I remember all the different phases of beer, like in my mm-hmm. childhood home, Narragansett, yeah. and <laughs> Rolling Rock was big, Molson was big, Rolling Rock, so Rock. oh like, yeah, that was big in the People that house. were doing a lot of cocaine could also drink Rolling oh. Rock, and they would kind of balance it out, and the, of course now they have this intense like grain, alcohol, energy drink thing, oh, I think there's got to be more fatalities than our... I'm sure. from that. I'm sure. You'd probably have to put me in the psych ward if I started drinking those. Yeah. <laughs> and they have all kind of different names, but, you know, the stew bums, they, they hone in. They must market, like, only to them at a sub-marketing <laughs> level because they all know right away. <laughs> Strong word of mouth. Hey, you're going to get some crazy horse? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with the uh, synthetic weed out there in New York? It's really sad. It's uh, K2 and I'm sure other forms and, you know, a lot of fentanyl. And, um, yeah, fentanyl's fucking everywhere. It's like here. Fucking bad shit. It's everywhere. And people, like, I don't know how the rest of the country's gotten, but it, it's pretty common, you know, for me to be chatting with somebody and they live... Uh, you know, if it's a man, they're living in a shelter because their kids are nearby and they still want visitation, but you just can't, can't, can't live anywhere in Manhattan. And they'll say they have, because of the people smoking that synthetic weed and all these new things that irrevocably damage your brain, it's impossible to be around them. Yeah. And they, they talk quite a bit. It's and, worse um, than meth or crack, pretty much. I'd say so. Yeah, and like you never really come back from it. You don't come back and then yeah, there's there's no like recover, rehab, there's no like re And the corner stores sell it. No? I don't know. Cause I read this whole thing in I don't know, New York Times or something. They said that they did. They said that a lot of corner stores sell it, but you know, they were trying to crack down on it or whatever, mm-hmm. but it pops up under a different name or a lot something, of those chemical right? compounds and a lot of them come from uh, China right. and India a bit, but largely from China and they yep. they could just change like one chemical and then it's legal again for right. a while. Scary shit. We used to have Chuck Schumer you know, our senator from New York was in like a public advocate and he knew about, I don't know how he knew. I remember him making the bath salts announcement like uh-huh. way before anyone else knew about it. What the fuck is bath salts really? I don't know. And there was something is else. It, you were, people were getting in pet shops. Oh, really? I don't know. What that- <laughs> uh, you think it's time for us to wrap it up, doll? No, he thinks he's going to the pet shop. Oh. <laughs> oh God! You wouldn't like that Can you pet sh- shop. Here, I'm gonna show you. Uh, so cute. Go. Sorry about that. <laughs> she just kicked him back in the room. 
<laughs> I tried to kick him out of the room, but it didn't work, so. Oh. Well, I won't say that word P-E-T again. <laughs> Especially Pet Shop Boys. Oh, you just said it. <laughs> S-H-O-P. <laughs> no synthetic weed for you, son. Oh, there's my pen. It's on the floor. Hell yeah. I don't have to write you notes anymore, and now I found it. Yeah, they say, like... You, well, they just said people were, like, fucking zombies. Like, there was nothing they could do with them. They couldn't house them or help them or anything, and they couldn't stop them from getting it because you could just get it from the corner store. It's like a fucking nightmare. It's like that movie Fido. Did you ever see Fido? No. Oh, God, I love Fido so much. Oh, I got to see this. Tell me more. Well, they harness... The zombies, they put this, like, shot collar chain and try to have them as servants. Oh, yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah, but it's just the best movie in the whole world. I even have the <laughs> Fido poster I got at Comic-Con. No shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got to check it out. Yeah, so it's... um, And there's a way... I saw it in the Mission, actually, on the Mission bus a few visits ago, and the... There's like a movement, and it's not the crack dance. It's not a nod. It's you know. I'm like, oh, K two. It's yeah, like that. Something like that, where it's holy shit. Yeah, yeah. It's just sad as hell. And I'm like, God. When I was young, you know, I might go wild and have a gin and tonic or a little heroin, <laughs> but I, you know, it wasn't anything that I killed my brain cells. You know, probably by my copious amount of falling over. Slow and methodically. (laughs) I definitely did, too. Rather known for having... I have scars from those years. Yeah. Yeah, rattled. For sure. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's scary. It's a damn shame. Wow. Yeah, I'd be better off to have some heroin. Yeah, and potheads don't really have it as easy as they have it out here in Oakland, so they don't know. Like, they can get something that's sprayed with something weird and be poisoned. Um, I, I mean, I've heard of, of people have to go definitely. For it. Yeah, so be. Oh, I was poisoned that week. I see. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I know people that you know, co- college age. I'm going to kill this dog. Uh, stop. Who um. No pet abuse happened in the recording of this podcast, I swear. Um, Took some synthetic acid, Mm -hmm. uh, which I don't know what that means, um, except that like weeks of psychosis and hallucinating and like really maybe never come back, but luckily did, Uh, but totally terrifying. And I'm thinking just stick with regular ass drugs kids i know if they say if you take acid before your ego is fully formed i did know this guy luca who they believe was schizophrenic from taking acid in the park in italy when he was like 13 or and there's this horrible woman Susie, who really hates me and her story was like she took a pcp mm-hmm when she was young and woke up in the hospital and she thought she was in a really fancy hotel, but she really was just in the hospital and she was always different. Hmm. Yeah. Not in a likable way, but that's just me. Oh no, there's always some <laughs> people in the hate like that, that, you know, there was stories of people using uh, massive doses of acid to get back at somebody for this oh. or that and shit like that. Yeah. 
it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, which is not to be, you know, sanctimonious because I'm, I'm on psych drugs. and I don't Well, don't use drugs as a weapon. That's all. Oh, yeah, against other people. Right. That's right. pretty low. I knew That's this low. guy who um, I blocked out his name, but he put um, like Windex in the glass of somebody who he, he saw as like a love rival. Mm-hmm. And um, the New York bartender thing used to be if somebody was really not tipping or whatever, they'd put Visine in their cocktail. What's the What's the real truth about Visine? It's true they did that. But I mean, does it? What does it actually do? Because they well, always they said to, you could knock somebody out they like got that. Diarrhea can't be true. It had to be it diarrhea. Has, okay, it has like a couple. Okay symptoms but that was like a known bartender thing oh that was a thing when i was growing up i always heard like carry the visine in case if the guy gets too handsy or something you just give him a drop of visine but i never tested it out we all like life's not hard enough (laughs) (laughs) and windex is just pneumonia uh, right i what is it called pneumonia is that the right word ammonia Yes, we were having a pneumo. A new, what was our thing earlier? Pneumo something. I was trying to write nomadic, and my phone said pneum- <laughs> pneumatic, pneumonic, or pneumatic press, pneumatic. <laughs> okay, no pneumonia, no pneumatic, yeah. uh, none of that. Hmm. <laughs> I tried to do a Molly the. A couple of weeks ago, it had no effect. I don't know if the oh. if the person got beat or if I just live in some Molly state. <laughs> I think I think there, the person got beat. Yeah, and le- yeah. I mean, it I must have been trash for some you artificial to, unity and oh, it's fucking great euphoria. It's but pretty great until nothing. it until it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah I. Yeah. My friend's like, do you feel different? Do you feel different? Do you feel different? Oh, damn, you must have felt like you were 12. <laughs> like, that no. was all my early drug trips was just like, I don't feel anything yet. Like expecting something that it never was. Or, I didn't feel anything. Yeah, my early weed smoking acid taking was like that. Um, but Molly, you should feel. I can probably come up with something you'd feel. Yeah, I, think <laughs> I did ecstasy like three times in my life, or four if that counts. And yeah, it's fun, but like Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys, his thing was always, you know, if you take something like acid, you have realizations, and then you have to stop taking it and act on your realizations. Right. And I feel like, you know, I'm 58, and people are like, she's still alive, or what do you do? And I'm like, yeah. Never six, say what do you do to anybody. Six books, three albums. Like, yeah, I kept doing yeah. shit. You know, so sorry that you're middle-aged now and you're just taking up, like, folk singing or poetry. But, <laughs> you know, it's not. If For those who don't know, Jennifer Blowdryer is a punk rock icon. She's been doing this shit since the early 80s, forming bands, mm-hmm. writing songs. Then went to Columbia and been writing yeah. Ever since. Yeah. I have a few books published. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a chunk of, a chunk of like, not quite freeform prose essays. I was taking, I was trying to do something where I was uh, mixing together the Gabor stories with my own life. Mm-hmm. And I wrote like four chapters of it, <laughs> but I don't know if there's any global interest. <laughs> Blow dryer Gabor. Yeah. <laughs> the Glabors. <laughs> Glabor. Nice. But I amuse myself and I still work. But yeah, I've done like a lot. I founded Smut Fest for mm-hmm. sex workers to do their own work. That's a civil rights movement that's just 
you know, take forever and a day. Like just now, this woman was running for Queens DA who was supporting our decriminalization. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, like how long did that take to even be, right. you know? I know. Why is that so, so just it's slow? It's so slow. Because it's women. If it was, you know, like those weed head guys, we'd be getting a little more more movement. And the trans thing, I mean, that just within my lifetime to see people not have to become criminals. Yeah. Basically. Now it's just like, oh, my son says he's trans yep. and, you know, he's starting to take the hormones and this whole wave of queerness, which rankled me at first because it, it was inadvertently classist, you know, mm-hmm. but then... It really went, it really did its work and it's so nice. Mm-hmm. That's been a hell of a slow civil rights movement. Sure. It's employment. So, yeah, things get better, but I'm pretty productive. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, you crack me up with your stuff too. It, I like. I just took some pictures I'll post of the She's Got the Weirdness cover. That's so great. Great cover, yeah. And of course, I have liner notes if you can get the shrink wrap off. Ah, yeah, liner notes. Remember those? Well, yeah, when I was younger, you'd get hold of albums and I would just read the liner notes. And I so I don't want to do anything. My new thing is postscripts. Like I'm going through my stack of essays and I put on a postscript like, Mr. Tell is in a nursing home and his asshole daughter lives in the unit now. I love that. It's just as fun as captions, postscripts. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Where are they now? Upstairs. (laughs) Alas. Did you want to read something else or what? Let's see. I'd have to go into the other room to find another one. I can read later on in the Rob Shapiro or I could read a little bit from Blousey. Oh, yeah, bring it on. Bring yeah, it on. my friend um, Dia Felix from Personality Press did this book. It's probably impossible to find. And she works at SF MoMA now. Very cool. But she she doesn't think she'll be in... She has East Coast karma. She wants to get back to New York. <laughs> okay, let me find a cute paragraph. This is about fashion. And that was a big concern, you know, when we were young, all like, God, 78, 79, you couldn't buy a straight leg pants. So you had to buy a pair of pants and then peg leg the bottom. Uh, My era too, yeah, for Uh sure. And there were no, like, God, now you can walk into Rainbow and get any kind of fabulous thing that I know. Like last for a fabulous month. That's right. But this is, I'm redefining the word blousy. Now that I'm enjoying my middle years, I've adopted a blousy look. I'll define blousy for you because it's an underused term. And I'd like to bring it back. That cheap peroxide blonde spilling out of her too tight top, waist bulging over a painted on pair of faded denim pants, cashier blue eyeshadow, and dangling from her ears. Two large, glitzy ovals, commonly seen on consumers of public transportation. Riders, such as myself. Though I finally aged into the look, I jump-started it pretty early at the raging age of 17. You couldn't get the flashy, body-hugging clothes I needed from anywhere but the Fredericks of Hollywood catalog. 
And we're, you're a teenager, you need things so badly that I stretched my $350 a month budget to include hot pink spandex pants, which clashed winningly with the one-piece leopardette bathing suit I sported as an everyday top, badly etched liquid black eyeliner topped off the ensemble. My band, The Blow Dryers, gigged with the dead Kennedys at a Masonic Lodge in Orinda, California around that time, but I only remember what I wore. See-through plastic pants I scored from the glorious Frederick's catalog. Plus, I managed to find some strappy pink fabric high heels, which wasn't easy in a prefab, prefabulous society. Okay. I'll read my... I kind of have a thesis for it, which is sometimes traditionally um, gay male writers had a thing of in their real life of liking what they saw as like kind of the basic person. Or I guess when these middle-aged women writers write about being with like truckers and cowboys, like it's, it has an element of colonization mm-hmm. to it to me or imperialization, and I don't endorse it. So, okay, this is about a kind of open relationship I had. My favorite visitor to our lumpy futon remains Javier, from Bogota, but going to college in Barcelona, which I refuse to pronounce with a lisp, Barcelona. He has a chest tattoo that says pride is both my freedom and my prison in Spanish. It's from my gang, he politely explained. I liked holding hands with Javier. It was real. I still like how Javier fucked me that night, gentle and macho, sinewy, and more sophisticated than most. In this topsy-turvy, no-manners, unstylish world, Javier had become rough trade, and Jennifer Blowdryer was a type of housewife. But he wasn't rough trade, and I never was rough trade, and nobody is rough trade, ever. The idea of rough trade is an ill notion akin to imperialism and colonization, and it must stop right here and right now, or nobody will ever help each other properly. We are maladjusted pack animals with an attitude problem. End of story. It gets good. It gets bad. It gets pretty interesting, son. (laughs) Should we wrap up on that? Sure. Sure. Thanks so much for coming out. Thank you, Cassandra Dallas. All right.